0: Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review, or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode
1: i want you guys to listen to something it's something called c-d-o-n if you look on the market i mean current days on market that lets you know how long the property been listed, right? 95% of the time I'm looking at properties that's been on the market seven, eight, nine months and they've been dropping the purchase. They've been dropping the purchase price 10, 15K every month without no without no negotiation. Mm-hmm. That's because it's sitting on the market too long. And as, as an investor, we all know we losing money. So if you're a new inspiring investor trying to get into the game, this is the best time because the supply is so, it's so much of the supply and not a lot of people going after it, you can wiggle yourself into a great deal even though the asking price may be higher than you think.
0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages this is the marvin francois show your number one source for all things business finance and investing and today huh, is a very special day because our guest today is the owner and founder of intensified builders this man is one of the best real estate investors in the game today and quite frankly if you're an investor in philadelphia and you were looking for a property yesterday you woke up today and somebody bought it it was probably him i'm here with the one the only the man the myth the legend my guy, the Entrepreneur. What's going on, family? What's going
1: on, man? Thanks for you? having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen,
0: listen, it's a pleasure to bring you back. The first episode went crazy. Yeah. Um, you came on here and gave game on top of game, on top of game. And from then up until now, people from high and low were messaging me and said, if you don't bring this man back, we're going to have problems. Because yeah. I, I know he has more to talk about. A lot more. I know he has more value to give. A lot more. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I gave you your time. And for me, I was very strategical about it. Obviously, number one, I know you're a super busy dude. Yeah. But more importantly than that, I said, man, if this dude is killing a game like this now, just give him some time. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Let him keep investing, doing what it is that he's doing so that not only can he come back and give game, but he can accelerate and move forward in his real estate journey yeah. and provide value on that as well. And that's what we're going to do today.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Let's get into so, it. So
0: I'm excited. So like I said, there were, there are some people who are watching this episode now that are you the first go around who are familiar with yeah. you. But for those who are seeing you for the first time, take a second, take a minute to let the people know who you are, where you're from, what you do, and how you got your start.
1: Absolutely. So uh, thanks for having me as always. Uh, new to entrepreneur, Cornelius Middleton uh, from Philadelphia. Uh, my background is a little bit, a lot. Uh, so I got a bachelor degree in construction management from Morgan State University. Shout out to all my HBCU lovers. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Rowan University and got my master's degree in engineering. Um, I worked in corporate America for about two and a half, three years for a large firm, which I won't say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was making great money there, and I, resi- I resigned in the pandemic in 2020. Uh, I put my two weeks notice in and, uh, as of November 5th, 2020, I've been full-time investing into real estate. Uh, so over the, my course of the journey, I didn't help people fix credit. Uh, I didn't help people get thousands. I mean more than a million dollars total, but thousand of dollars, of thousands of dollars in funding. And then now I'm actually taking those same individuals and saying, Hey, let's get into the real estate. Let's buy properties, let's buy buildings. And more importantly.
0: Let's buy that land. Let's buy that land. We're going to get into all of that, man. We're going to break it down. For you, you know, I know a lot of people who say they do real estate. Yeah. But, bro, you know, me and you have been connecting now for a little bit under uh, a year. I've been following you through social media. We've stayed in contact through messaging. You eat, sleep, breathe real estate. You know, there are some people that do real estate, but, like, they got a little something on the side. You know what I'm saying? They do real estate by day and they do X, Y, and Z by night. I don't see you do nothing that bro, you either on your way to Home Depot or you're on your way to the closing table. Facts. No, in between. Facts. What is it about real estate that for you is like, man, I don't I'm locked in. Like there, there's nothing else that's on my mind except building out my portfolio to the highest level I possibly can. What is it about real estate?
1: Some people might kill me for saying this, but I'm gonna be honest, you can't lose in real estate. Okay. I done lost in a lot of other categories and a lot of other industries. And I'm not saying it's the only one, but for sure. In my experience, you cannot lose in real estate if you do it right. Of course, you can make mistakes. Of course, you can lose financing. But we talking about overall, like the marathon. Now, not just a little race here to the corner. I'm talking about 15, 20, 25, 30, your next generation uh, uh, seed that you plant today that you're not going to be able to get the harvest. We talk, about, we talk about two, three, four generations from now. That's what I'm referring to. You can't lose. Can't lose. You can't lose. It's not it's impossible.
0: So let's let's talk a little bit about that, right? Because yeah. like you said, when it comes to real estate investing, this is not a uh sprint, this is a marathon, this yeah. is a different kind of race that you're playing, right? You gotta be able to have the long-term vision. However, for seasoned investors that have been in the game long enough, like you said, there are highs and there are lows. Yeah. And I'm not a real estate investor, but right now it would seem as though from what I'm hearing from rumblings of different people who are in the space, it would seem as though we're in a bit of a low, right? I keep hearing all this talk about, okay, I see I see yeah. you already nodding your head and that's why I wanted to bring you on, yeah. right? Teach me, inform yeah. me, because I'm hearing some rumblings around, uh, once again, I'm not in a space, but I keep hearing all this talk about uh, the economy and interest rates and the economy and interest, and the market is this and the market is that what exactly is going on right now in the real estate market obviously i know you know you do most of your investing in the area of philadelphia i would assume that it's different in different markets Mm -hmm. you know based on different cities but for where you are and for where you have planted your flag in philly what are you seeing right now that's taking place in the real estate market
1: uh rates are definitely higher right so when i started investing i started investing in 2020 literally in a pandemic where it was like you had to wear a mask and then a mask on top of the mask right? (laughs) right so like it was super crazy during that time so when I got into the game, rates was people was getting primary mortgages sub 1%. We're talking about 0.9, 0.8%, which has never been heard of, right? That's the first thing. Then the second thing, people was getting DSCR loans, which we can get into, uh, which is like business loans for the, for the properties. People was getting that sub 5%. People wasn't getting that before. So when we got into the game, we, we had two, three years of just super low rates. And being though that the rates were so low during that time, now the rates had literally it's a market correction people keep saying it's a it's a recession it's not a recession this is the market correction it's correcting itself because it was so high before and it dropped down so low so quick. And then it stayed down to the bottom, I would say, like I said, like anywhere from 24 to 36 months, I would say 27 months to be exact. And then it started to creep back up. And now that's where we're at now. So everybody jumping into real estate saying, hey, you know, rates are high. No, rates are going back to where they used to be at. Right. Mm -hmm. Prior to most of us getting into the investment strategy and more importantly, prior to us grabbing multiple properties. Right. So think about it like this. Right.
0: So like you said, you know, essentially right now, what's going on is the market is correcting itself yep. because of what has transpired over the course of the past couple of years. Yep. You started your real estate investing journey around COVID when things yeah. were all over the place, right? Absolutely. How, given everything that's happened from then up until now, everything that's taken place now, more importantly, the experience that you've been able to garner from then until now, has your strategy and your approach towards buying properties and just investing as a whole changed or has it more or less stayed the same?
1: So I would say it more or less stayed the same. My biggest thing during this time and since then was making sure I buy it right. Okay. You, you I, can't, I tell everybody, if you come to me with a bad deal, I can most likely get you to the finish line. But if you buy that property wrong, and when I say wrong, I mean higher than what it's worth. If you buy that property wrong, there's nothing I can do. You make money on the buy, not the sell. Say that again. <laughs> you make money on the buy, not the sell. Explain that. So what I mean is this, right? People always thinking about, oh, when I sell a property, I'm gonna be getting capital back. Mm. But now that's one lump sum. If we talk about Uncle Sam, I don't know if we can do that here, but Uncle Sam gonna need some of that. That's why it's called income taxes, right? Mm. Because I sold a property, now that's considered income, I gotta file taxes. Most of us are entrepreneurs. So you gotta pay self-employment tax and personal income taxes. Fact. And then you could talk to your CPA and get into the, the nitty gritty. But me, I wanna be able to do something which is where I can create cash flow. I can create residual income. And then if I do decide to sell, then I can go ahead and pay taxes on that little bit of money. But opposed to me selling all my portfolio and not having no reserve, I gotta constantly do the thing, the same thing over and over and over again. So I'm getting a nice lump sum check when I sell, but let's be honest, is it really worth it? Mm-hmm. Right, so. uh. It's a, it's a lot it's a lot to un- unpack there, but we're going to definitely get into we,
0: it. We're going to dive all into it, right? Yeah. So and, and like you said, for you, my, my thing for you is being that you've been in this space now for quite some time, you've got, gained the experience, you've taken your lumps, yep. your bumps, your bruises, and you understand how to navigate the market that you're in. Yeah. But there are a lot of people who are watching this episode, who are listening to this episode, who are either new investors that are still figuring this thing out yep. or aspiring investors who love real estate, they want to get their hands in the game, but they're not necessarily sure how. Yeah. And they hear all that rumbling from the outside coming in of, well, the market is a little crazy right now. If I were you, I would do this. Or if I were you, I wouldn't do that. Mm. Given your personal experience and where you've come from and what you see now, if you could speak to some of those newer or aspiring investors, would you say that this is a good time for them to get started in real estate? Uh, And if so, what are some different tips tricks strategies that you would kind of advise them on?
1: Absolutely. I think right now, this was the second best time to get into real estate in the first being yesterday. Right? Okay. And the reason why I say that is because given that the market is so uh, we we got to get into it. Mario. We, 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 we got we, we, right? we have to. Right. So I always tell my, my mentees and my students this. Right. When the demand for something is high, 95 percent of the time, that means the supply for it is low. Mm-hmm. Right. That mean a bunch of people want that thing, but there's not a lot of that thing. So therefore, the demand is high and people can now start doing what? Raising the prices. So imagine this. Right. Imagine there was only fifteen hundred pair. I don't know, this exotic sneaker that dropped, but there's millions of people that want it. Mm-hmm. So once I get my pair, I know for sure I can do what? Slap a higher, triple, double, even sometimes 10x my money because I know there's a lot of people that want it. That's the, the high demand. Mm-hmm. But on the same contrary, on the flip side, when there's a lot of supply for something, there's low demand. Right. Right. So being though that a lot of people, new investors, are trying to get into market or if they're thinking about it, there's so much supply out right now. Mm-hmm. You know why? because no one want to pay the high prices. Everybody's saying, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait till the rates drop back down. Mm -hmm. So now you have property sitting on the market four or five, six days, six months on the market. I want you guys to listen to something. It's something called CDOM. If you look on the market, that means current days on market. That lets you know how long the property been listed, right? Ninety-five percent of the time I'm looking at property that's been on the market seven, eight, nine months, and they've been dropping the purchase they've been dropping the purchase price 10, 15k every month without no, without no negotiation. Mm-hmm. That's because it's sitting on the market too long. And as, as an investor, we all know we're losing money. So if you're a new, inspiring investor trying to get into the game, this is the best time because the supply is so it's so much of the supply and not a lot of people going after it. You can wiggle yourself into a great deal, even though the asking price may be higher than you think.
0: Come on now. Come on it's, now. It's, it's a, it's we, we we ain't even get started. This, man, I, I can see the steam coming yeah. out of you. You ready, you ready to yep. unpack everything, bro? Let's, let's get a little bit deeper because the key word here, right? You're a real estate investor. Yep. The key word here is deals, right? Yep. What makes you an investor is not buying properties. I yeah. could buy properties. Anybody on the street could buy can buy properties. We're not here to buy properties. I'm to we're buy, here to yeah. we're here to find deals. We're here yeah. to buy deals, right? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that because, like I said, whenever I get individuals like yourself on that have the understanding and expertise of their field, I want people to walk away from the episode upset. Like, damn, I got this for free. Yeah, it don't even make sense. Yeah. you understand? So let's 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 talk a little bit, about, little bit about that. As investors, how do you go about? finding deals, right? If I'm a new investor, I'm still trying to, I'm wet behind the ears, breath smelling like something like I'm a baby to this. Yeah. How do I go about finding deals? How, do I, how am I able to differentiate a good deal from a bad deal? What are the different numbers that I'm supposed to be looking at in order to figure out, all right, this is the deal for me?
1: Absolutely. So the first thing you want to do is, it's something called a 65% rule, right? It's like the rule of thumb is like the basis. And there's so many different ways that you can identify if a deal makes sense. But this is one of the first and easiest way you can kind of identify that they'll make sense, right? So what you want to do is you want to take the after repair value, which is the ARV. And you can find the ARV multiple different ways. But the easy way to find the ARV is look at the most recent three sold properties in a nearby community, right? So if I'm looking at the principal property here, I want to find a property that sold within the last six months within a half a mile from my subject property. Mm-hmm. I find my three properties. I get the average of it. Let's say the average is 300000 what we want to do is we want to then identify well with sixty five percent of three hundred thousand, right? We want whatever that sixty five percent dollar amount is. We want to make sure we can buy and rehab our property for sixty five percent of the ARV. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to tell you that if it doesn't meet the sixty five percent rule and it meet the sixty six percent rule to throw the deal in the trash. It doesn't make sense. Like are you going to cry over two thousand when you can make fifty? Of, of course or, not. Probably not, right? right? But so many people get locked in. Oh, it don't meet mm-hmm. it. So I'm. I do want you to have some flexibility and some and be resilient there. But the overall thing is if the ARV, whatever that number is, once you're talking about 65%, you have to be able to purchase and rehab your property for that dollar amount. It doesn't matter how much the rehab is going to be, whether it's 100000 or 20000 If you can't rehab and buy your property for that dollar amount or your, or that number is way higher than 65%, percent you got to kind of back out the deal. And that's like the easiest way to identify if the deal makes sense and if you continue to move forward with it.
0: Got you. So now listen, right? Yep. You know, the first episode, we talked real estate. Yeah. That, that was fun. Yeah. And we, we talk in real estate now, but I I, I hold, my, hold myself to a standard with the show where I want every episode to be better than the last. Yeah. I don't want to just talk real estate. Mm-hmm. I want to show real estate. Mm. Like I said, I want people to walk away from this episode and literally have the information that some other individuals will charge them $10,000, $20,000 yes. for them to get to get started in the space. Can we do that? Is that's that all right with you? 1,000%. I want to make sure it's okay with you. Yeah, you sure? listen.
1: Listen, that's what I came here to do. Let's do it. Let's I do, came let's, here to do that.
0: Let's dive right into it because, like I said... I don't want to just talk real estate, I want to show real estate and I really want to break this thing down from start to finish, right? Absolutely. So, if I'm if I'm watching this, once again, either newer or an aspiring investor, I want to know from start to finish how to find properties, mm-hmm. how to how to how to analyze properties using the 65% rule that you talked about, different things that I should be looking for, strategies that I can implement so I can walk away from this thing and go build my portfolio up.
1: So, let me tell you what, we about, what I'm about to show to people real fast, right? So, one of the ways that I'm finding my properties especially in the city of Philadelphia, so Unfortunately, there's a lot of property in the city where they don't pay their back taxes. The owner, the, the owners, the, the business, whoever, is not paying their specific property taxes. So what people don't know is this, even though I may own a hundred houses, I must pay my property taxes every year. And if I don't pay my property taxes, that local municipality, Philadelphia being this, can take the property from me, even though I paid the property cash. So let's say you sell me a house for 40K. I say, hmm, hey, Marvin, here's the 40K. It's my house now. We go to the title company. I get the deed. You get your money. I get the property. If I don't pay my property taxes, which may be only six, $700 a year, if I don't pay my property taxes for up to three, four, five, six years, even after one year, the city of Philadelphia can say, listen, we watching you. We watching you if you don't go ahead and pay that six, seven hundred dollars and sometimes it goes most more than often goes up. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not gonna always be seven hundred. But if you don't pay those property taxes, they could come take receive your property and put your property up for something called the sheriff. So. Right. Okay. And during that time before it goes to sheriff. sale, that's when I swoop in. Mm-hmm. Right. So before the city say, hey, Marvin, I'm taking your house from you and I'm selling it at this auction. I'm giving you some time to remedy this. I'm giving you some time to make this right. But during that time, I identify that you need help. Mm-hmm. So here I come as a as a great investor bailing you out of your bad situation, but more importantly, getting a great deal.
0: Mm. Right. So the
1: city never take the property. You get some money because you still own it. And we basically knock the city out the box because I'm helping belling you out before you get to that point. Got right. You. So it's a small, fine window before the city take it and the, and the previous owner still own it. And that's when I jump in and say, you know what? I can make your cash offer.
0: Are you trying to leverage your personal credit to get business credit or business loans, but keep getting denied because your personal credit isn't where it needs to be? Takeoff Financial can help you restore your personal credit so that you can leverage it towards getting the funding that your business needs. So click the link above or below this video so that you can schedule a free consultation and see how we can simplify your finances and your life. Can we break that down? Can oh, we, can no. we, can we Can we? I want to show them the game. Is oh, right that game? Let's, let's do it. Let's show them. Got you, Josh. Are we are we on the screen right now? Let us know when you're on the train. There we go. We, we cooking with Crisco. All right. Absolutely. So what I'm seeing right now is what the people are seeing. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing it live and not right. Yep. The floor is yours. Break this down. I may I may come in here here and there, yep. ask a question. I think the audience wants to know, but walk them through step by step. If I'm a new investor, I'm figuring this thing out. Walk me through it.
1: Absolutely. So right here, I'm on a data.filly.gov website, right? Right. This is the website that is 100% free, free of charge. It doesn't cost anything to get on this website. You guys seen it right there. You guys see it at the top. Data.filly.gov So what I'm going to do is this is this is the website where I can find out all delinquencies and all taxes. And we can get into that. If you see right here at the top, real estate tax delinquencies. This is the website we want to be on. So as of right now, the city of Philadelphia is calculating about one hundred and twenty million dollars worth of back taxes in the city of Philadelphia. This is not the surrounding counties. This is just in Philadelphia. Delphi. That's crazy. 120 million. That's a lot of money to go get. Right. right? So what I want to do is a lot of people say, well, new, how you know what zip code to go to? It doesn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to blow this map up real fast. Right. Let's do it. And if I hover over all these different addresses, I mean, zip codes, you can see that different things pop up. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to just go ahead and pick. Let's go ahead and pick up 19133. Right. Which is the North Philadelphia Philadelphia section. So I'm going to click on that. Right. So out of the 120 million debt, one nine one three three has four million of that debt. Gotcha. Right, you guys see that? So the filter is from one twenty. So four million out of that money is coming from the actual one nine one three three. So when I go ahead and scroll down, you guys look right here: real estate tax delinquencies. So now these are all the properties. You see this right here: street address. These are all the properties within one nine one three three that has back delinquencies and taxes. Right. Right. So we can go ahead. I, I don't. I don't want to. That's not. That's not scripted, right? So I can go to. Page three. I don't, I don't know. Let's just choose the I don't it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. At this point, I can just go to page 316 if I like. You I know <laughs> mean? Or I can go back to page one and just say, you know what, let's filter. So I'm gonna go to page four. I'm gonna scroll down without looking. Um let's just see. We're gonna just choose this 3044 North 10th Street. Okay. All right. 34 3044 North 10th Street. And this owner is Julius Bristow, right? Julius Bristow. So what I then would do is this, y'all. I'm gonna take this property, which is 3044 North 10th Street. I'm gonna come here. I'm gonna go to Philly.gov. Second, I'm gonna go to Fully.gov. While that's loading up, all these properties here has some type of back taxes in it, and I don't know how much they owe at the moment. Mm-hmm. And if you see right here, it says principal due. Right? Mm-hmm. It's saying this person owes sixty six thousand two hundred and fifteen dollars. Right? Mm-hmm. So you see that it's not even much. It's not mm-hmm. much money that the city's asking for, but they saying they want theirs. Right? They My s-
0: thing is when it comes to it, because T- the The property taxes is tied to their mortgage payments, correct?
1: So that's the thing. Uh, most, yes, f- most times it is, but there are some cases where it's not, right? So you have some individuals that could have had this house passed down to them,
0: mm-hmm. and then they
1: own it outright. They don't have a mortgage. Gotcha. And I mean, so once you pay the mortgage off, if you have finances from a bank, once that bank gets paid off, they stop all that collecting of the money and paying the city and paying its insurance. It's your responsibility. Gotcha. And some people drop the ball there.
0: Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you.
1: Yep. So what we got, 3044 North 10th Street. So what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna, I I wanted to show you guys exactly how to actually find this owner. I'm gonna try to refresh the page really fast. But what I'm gonna do is, on this website right here, which is the City of Philadelphia website, I'll be able to search for the specific owner. In this case, we said it was Julius Bristow, Mm -hmm. and I'll be able to get all of of Julius Bristow information right here, right now. So that was 3044 North 10th Street. So what I'm doing now is I'm searching for that property that has back taxes, okay? So here it is. So let's see. I Hold did. on.
0: So picking up where we left off from Absolutely. before. Yeah, got you. So picking up where we left off from before, um, we went to the, what was the name of the website we went to before?
1: Data.Philly. Data.Philly.com. Uh, yeah.
0: So that was a totally free website, right? Totally I know free. Usually when it comes to searching for investment properties, um. The go-to a lot of people use like as prop stream yeah right but you you are using a free city website so that not mean that means even if i live in louisiana anywhere new york mars cali
1: cali <laughs> yeah
0: anywhere all across the country i can essentially tap into that same resource that you you use absolutely i right, got you so continue walking me through it
1: absolutely so now that we found we identified a property that has back taxes on it based on the city of philadelphia website so now we're taking it a step further to confirm what we know right so, oh, this is a good property, too. This would be one. I might got to go home a little bit.
0: Right? Let's So,
1: So, as of right now, they're saying that the owner is ADM of VET, right? So, mm-hmm. whoever that may be, right? Let's see. Let's click on. What
0: does ADM of VET mean?
1: I think that's just maybe the LLC oh, name or, name, or you, the, the, whoever, whoever owns the property. But we can see that their mailing address is this, right? Mayheim Suites, Wissahickon, and Mayheim Street, got Philadelphia. You. So, we could tell this is an absentee owner, mm-hmm. meaning the owner does not live in the property. Right, so is it an investment property or a second or third property, right? So right here, if I go ahead and click on view text, view the tax balance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: let's see what comes up.
0: Mm, 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 mm. Okay, so breakdown, because like I said, I'm, I'm acting as if I'm a brand new investor. I don't know what I'm seeing on screen. Break down what we're seeing on screen right now. This is this is from the property that you found. Yes. Through the free uh, Philadelphia website. Yes. Now and you... I
1: think Marvin, I think this is actually a lot.
0: As, this is a lot?
1: I think it's a lot. Right, right,
0: let's 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 go right into it. So break down what are we seeing on screen right now.
1: So what we seeing on the screen right now is as you can see, maybe it's some 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 mis ups here, but they still got the owner being Julius Bristow, right? Okay. So as of right now, Julius Bristow owes thirty six thousand dollars to the city of Philadelphia. Okay. It's in red. You guys see it here. It's a free website. Let's go ahead and break this down. Let's go ahead and look at view the liens and debt. Right. So basically, we want to look at how. Oh man. Right. <laughs> look at this. Okay. I'm sorry if anybody related to Julius. This is just, I mean, this was randomly. And,
0: and this is public information, this right? Is public. So, so this So once is again, public. this is not, you know, there's no, there's no, there's nothing wrong with us pulling this information. Absolutely. Time.
1: No, not at This is actually a great opportunity for us to make some money. Okay. Right? And Julius to make some money. Okay. So uh, unfortunately, Julius hasn't paid taxes since 1980. Goodness gracious. I was born in 95.
0: I was born in 97.
1: Listen, you know, <laughs> come on now. Come on now. <laughs> so since 1980, mm-hmm. you know, this guy has been owing debt, right? And we're not sure what has occurred. But with this being said, as of right now, he owes a total of twenty-one thousand just in real estate taxes, right? You guys see this real estate taxes alone, mm-hmm. he owns twenty-one thousand. But then right here, the license and inspection abatement work, that basically means the city of Philadelphia knocked this building down. Mm-hmm. So maybe this building was hazardous. It was probably eminently dangerous. Mm-hmm. It, was ma- it was it was a, it was an unsafe building. Mm-hmm. So basically, the city of Philadelphia said, "Listen, we're gonna knock this building down if you resolve these matters." Mm-hmm. And he knocked it down and charged the bill to him. So between this bill right here, which is the license inspection of abatement and the real estate taxes, he owes thirty six thousand dollars. Crazy, right? So now my now let's 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 take it a step further, right? Because people want to know, okay, well we got the information. new. What's next, right? Mm-hmm. Look at this, y'all.
0: Oh, I remember so this, you, so remember, you first remember, remember this? True people search.
1: M- now we get the, now we get to put it in use. All right, then watch this. Right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and type in the reverse address. Was it 3044? This is crazy. Right. So watch this. Uh, Julius, Is it B R? Is it that B R I S T W? Right. Yep, so then I'm going to type in Philadelphia. Bingo. I'm going to search this individual, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Julius, if you watch this right now, I'm sorry, brother. We, we, we didn't mean to put your business out here, brother.
1: Right, so it actually looked like Julius Bristol actually oh. passed away, right? He it looked like he deceased back in 2004, mm-hmm. and he would be 79 years old. So let's look real fast, right? So... Let's see. All I got to do is come down here to look at current addresses mm-hmm. and previous addresses. So if any of these previous addresses show to be this property in Philadelphia, I now know that this is his property, right? So let's see. It looks a little so the current address is still lowing up. So, uh I believe this is Julius though right here. Um I wanted to show you specifically exactly where you can find it but mm-hmm. the, it's lowing up, but try to give it a second but so what would happen is right here on this website on this page right here it will let you know right that underneath the current address of the property details Mm -hmm. um or i'm sorry previous addresses right here underneath this tab Mm -hmm. it will give you that same address in philadelphia Gotcha. We give you that Tim Street address. And if it pops up here, we know that this particular guy is the owner. And the reason why I'm saying that is because there could be a whole bunch of Julius Bristos in the city of Philadelphia. Right. So we got to specifically find that individual. All right? Gotcha. So now let's just say this is the same individual that we're looking for. All we got to do is come here and look at the phone numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. Take one of these phone numbers. Or if not take one of them, take all these phone numbers and give Julius a call. Obviously pending if they, this person having not been, been deceased. So we'll call him and say, hey, Julius. My name is Mark. I'm an investor in the neighborhood, and I was actually interested in buying a property that you have at uh, 3044 North 10th Street. Yeah. I'm a cash buyer, and by the way, we don't need you to make any repairs. I make all the repairs myself. Mm-hmm. So now let's just say, Julius, on the other end, and say, you know what? This project has been giving me a problem, and we already know it's been giving them a problem. You know why? Because he owed $36,000. Mm-hmm. So we already know that he's need help. We already found that out. We already know that he owes back taxes, right? Mm-hmm. So we already coming to him and letting him know, listen, we know your situation. We know what's going on. We know you've been getting those letters from the city of Philadelphia. Let us help you out. Let us help you out before there's nothing you can do. And the city take your property and you don't make any money at all. 95% of the people that's in that position say, you know what? I'd rather make a little bit of change than no change at all. Right. And at that very moment, then we're going to go out to check the property out. We're going to go physically into the field and let him know, meet us there at 1 p.m., 2 p.m., whatever. If it's on lockbox, let us get the lockbox. Or if it's a bandit and it's just a screw gun door, I'll bring my drill. We'll get inside. And from that brain moment, we make him an offer. That's it just like that one two three one two three
0: nope no prop stream none no, of that all free, free websites you didn't have to swipe your card near not once it's
1: not once and you got no, you subscription. no subscription no subscription and you just got you a deal just got you a deal but this deal probably even special i can get into it Well, i,
0: I want to talk about that because you looked at it and i saw a sparkle in your eyes i saw a gleam in your yeah. eyes you said this might be a a lot which we're going to get into yeah. it in, in deeper and deeper absolutely like, what did you see that led that led you to believe like, okay, this may be a lot? Is it because of the license, uh the license uh fees and things like that? So
1: what may what, what led me to believe this was a lie is this right here. This license and inspection abatement and work, that means the building was torn down. Do you only get this fee right here if the building has been knocked down on behalf of the city of Philadelphia? Now you can knock your own building down. That's not gonna be on here because you paid for it out of pocket. Gotcha. The only time you get this bill is when the city does the work for you and then it back charge you. Mm. So because I, I'm looking at a bunch of land now, I'm able to identify when the person got the building knocked down by themselves or if it was knocked down by the city of Philadelphia and they paid it or the city did it for free. Mm. In this case, Julius, he owes this bill. Gotcha. It's $14,000 for the property being knocked down. So all we got to do now is, right, is take this and let's just see really fast, right? Let's do it. Let's just see really fast. Let's just Google this. Thirty forty four north, 10th. Street. Let's see if we can pop up something. I want to see if it's a lot, but even while that's loading up right there, what we can do is we can come here. Just move a little bit slow. We could come here and look and see specifically if the land has any square footage, and if the land doesn't have any square—I'm sorry, the building doesn't have any square footage, and it's just the land square footage. I know for sure that means
0: page unresponsive. Wait. Um, exit out and try it again okay 30. 40, 40. So you said if the building has square foot so there's a difference between building square footage and land square footage
1: Yes, the building square footage is the specific size of the building that's on the actual land right mm-hmm. And then the land square footage is how big the actual land is. Mm-hmm. So you may have some land that's only a thousand square feet, mm-hmm. but you can build a three thousand four thousand square feet building on your on that particular parcel mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. one
1: second not sure what's going on with this website today
0: that's philly for you right, that's, philly for <laughs> that, that's philly for you north 10th street so now essentially after you you you've you went to the the philadelphia website yep found all these different different properties that are essentially having tax issues mm-hmm. found chose one at random mm-hmm. from there took that information brought it over what was the other website that you were brought it over to the, the philly uh, profit
1: uh, uh, the Philadelphia property search
0: from there found out, yep. you know, how much it was owing in back taxes mm-hmm. also saw through the licensing and the permits that because that fee is there, there most likely means it's not even a property. It might just be a lot. Exactly.
1: A lot, a lot. It may just be land.
0: Yep. Now from there, the next step is essentially doing more of your due diligence, taking that address. And I'm, assen- I'm assuming you were going to plug it in Google maps.
1: Yep. I want to plug it in Google maps to see exactly what I have. If they have a current Google Maps search. If not, it's okay. I can still go to the city of Philadelphia website to identify if the building has been knocked down by looking at the square footage of the land or the building. If it doesn't have a square footage of the building listed, then I know for sure it's just land. Got if you. it does, it may be something inaccurate, but I can physically go out to the field and check for myself. But based on the data and the information, I think it's land.
0: Got you. So now I, I have 472 more questions. Is, no. is that right? Oh, 1,000%. So now. A lot of times, what happens is, like you said, in the case, let's say, let's say I find a, a, a find a, a property like this or a mm-hmm. situation like this, but the let's say the owner, original owner of the property, passed away, mm-hmm. right? How am I now? Who who do I now? How do I find out who is the living and breathing owner of this property so I can now get my hands on it? How does that work?
1: It's an office in the city of Philadelphia called the Register of Wills. Okay. Okay. So you can go down there and everybody don't, doesn't have a will. So some people pass away, unfortunately, don't have a will, don't have a trust, nothing in place. And it unfortunate goes to the city and the city then does what they want with it, right? But let's just say this person has a will. You can go to the Register of Wills and find out exactly who the next of kin was. And at that point, you can then do what? Contact the next of kin and say, hey. One, two different Main Street, or in this case, 3044 North 10th Street, I see what what's your grandfathers, your dads, whoever it may be, mm-hmm. uh, your brother, your sister, your son, whatever. And I, at this point, I would like to make an offer. Mm-hmm. All right? And then it's then from you to with, to work with the next again to get that property under contract. And I have done that maybe like every bit of six to seven times. Six to seven six, times. And The thing is, the registered will is 100% free. Everything we're talking about is free.
0: That's what I'm saying. I haven't seen you spend no money yet to find it's, a deal. <laughs> Just just a little bit of just a little bit of type, just a little just, bit, just, just a little bit of typing. a little bit of time. So essentially from there. You find the property, yep. right? You, you've you've done your due diligence. All right, cool. I was able to speak to the individual. Um, I found out, you know, they're not really looking to move forward with things or whatever they. case. Oh, excuse me. They are. They are moving forward with things. Now what happens from there after I was able to get in contact, whether it was Julius or maybe it wasn't Julius, but yep. it was whoever else the property was passed down to, then what happens from there?
1: So at that point, did we want to go ahead and send something called an AOS? which is the agreement of sale, right? Okay. you so want to send an agreement of sale to that person or that person next to can and say, listen, mm-hmm. based on the previous conversation we had, I'm interested in buying this property at said price. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, you already know how much debt they are in. Mm-hmm. So you got to obviously make a conscious effort for them to be able to kind of, one, either make some profit, or two, walk away with a, with a little bit of money or just walk away with just no debt at all. Mm-hmm. So me, personally, I would try to make an offer anywhere around the $40,000 mark so that they can go ahead and clear their debt pay their debt completely off, and then walk with a couple change after that, right? So once I send the AOS to that individual, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look for the AOS to be signed, and obviously then start bringing my title company in. I don't know if you remember last time I gave sh- a shout-out. Uh, oh,
0: terra Abstract. You was just there the I, other day. I, I was bro. just, come on, man. Come on, man. I, I'm
1: near like twice a month. Come on, man. Twice Kill a it. month. So, going crazy. Terra Abstract, that's my preferred title company. I'm going to then send that agreement of sales to them. They're going to go ahead and do their due diligence and open up title. At that point, they're going to be able to identify if there's anything on back taxes, mm-hmm. liens, judgments, encumbrances, anything that's on that property that may come up, that may be detrimental to me. They're gonna make sure that I get all wiped out. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, it's ball game.
0: What, What? so at this current moment in time, cause we talked about real estate investing strategy. At this yep. current moment in time, you're only looking into properties with uh, back tax situations. Is that your, your number one priority? So,
1: so I would say 50, 50. Talk to me about it. 50, 50. So right now I look at it. It's just like I tell everybody, I'm buying a lot of properties from on the market, and here's why I want to get into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Zoning, mm-hmm.
1: zoning, zoning, zoning. A lot of people. So let's just say we see a property, right? And I tell people it's all off experience and time. You may get into the property, you may get into real estate, you may come to Philly and say I want to buy a property, which is which is great, right? But being so that this is your first time buying a property in Philly, your numbers for rehab is going to be excruciating higher than mine. So now we we both can spend one sixty. But you trying to spend 80 for the purchase and 80 for the rehab. That's where you cap that, right? But here I am because my rehab is better than yours. I get better numbers than you. I can spend 100 for the purchase and 60 for the rehab. Mm. We both spent the same 160, but it's how our funds was allocated. Right. So now, because I'm in the city and I'm doing this every day, you even said I'm even leaving Home Depot or going to Home Depot.
0: No, no in between. No in
1: between. Right. So because I got numbers so close to rock bottom, true to cause, I'm able to offer higher prices than a regular investor. Mm-hmm. So now when people come in to buy properties in my, in my near neighborhood, guess what I'm doing. I'm beating out the I'm beating them out the price by twenty, thirty thousand. They can't even understand how I'm buying it, but that's because my rehab number is way better than theirs. So I'm going to the market to find properties and I'm going to things like this philly.gov, property back taxes, and then vetting out the individuals that want to sell right now. Because I don't have a lot of time in my schedule to kind of go back in the follow up. Even mm-hmm. though I know the money's in the follow up, I want to make sure that I can find properties ready to be sold right now.
0: Got you, got yep. you. So talk to me. So now, you know. That's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, 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 is, that's ridiculous. Talk to me, Josh. Uh, <laughs> let's, do to let's do it. Let's wait. Let's swap out. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, while we're swapping out, to to, to kind of dive more into just um, strategy and everything else like that. Like you said, because you're you, you you understand, you're not new to this. You're true to this. Absolutely. You have a lot more leverage when it comes to your ability to you know essentially take certain deals and play around with the numbers essentially yeah. a lot better than you know some newer investors are able to do. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit as well, you know, while we're in the process of transitioning over, when it comes to, you know, diving a little bit more into your strategy, uh, it seems like you focus a lot more on like fully gutted yeah. property from top to bottom, right? Is there a specific reasoning behind that? Like, uh, I know certain individuals. I think uh, shout out to your homie. I think Calvin Cannon. Calvin Cannon. Calvin C- Cannon. C- Cash he, flow. He's 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 a he's he is he also a Philly bull?
1: Yeah, he's a Philly bull. Philly Philly bull. Philly bull. Philly Tur- native. T-
0: turn turn key connoisseur himself. Yeah, absolutely, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, is there a specific reason why you lean more towards distress versus turnkey, turnkey, and vice versa?
1: So, so the reason why I like to do distress over turnkey, especially in my journey right now, and shout out to my guy Calvin. And Calvin, I'll I'll, I'll throw a nugget in there. Right now, for me, it's less upfront capital needed to buy a, 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 a fixer-upper per se. Right. Gotcha. The way that Calvin is doing his strategy, when Calvin was twenty-seven years old, when, the age I am in currently, mm-hmm. Calvin was actually doing. Uh, fixing flips. Mm. He started to go into turnkeys as he got older into his journey and deeper into the real estate portfolio.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When he first started out mm. he was doing fixer uppers gotcha. and that's what I'm doing I'm in my first three years of real estate. So for me it's less money It's less money up front that I need in order to put down because Calvin he's buying a property that's all Calvin is buying my end-product okay. right yeah, so yeah, when yeah. I fix my property up I'm forcing the value I tell everybody do this forcing the value I'm mm-hmm. buying it for 50 I'm paying 50 grand into it but now it's worth 200. Mm. Even though I'm only 100K invested. Talk. So now I can go ahead and take out my equity, put my money in my pocket, and then say, Yo, Calvin, I got a property for sale. And Calvin, like, Yup, it's already done for me, put together. All I got to do is do what? Slap some tenants in there or take the tenants you already put in there. there Being though that Calvin is deeper into his journey, Calvin's bringing anywhere, anywhere between 50 000 to 60,000 to each closing table. You know what I mean? Whereas though, because he's buying an already ready to go property. Whereas, though, me on the other hand, I'm buying property that's been in distress for the last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the owner hasn't even seen the property in over a decade. Yeah. They don't know if it's a roof on there, if it's a front door, or if the building even still standing. I'm buying it for them for 20, 30,000, and I only got to bring put down 10, 15%. So let's just say I'm buying a house for 100K. I got to bring 10% of 100K. That's 10,000. Yeah. Know, shout out to my shout out to my bank.
0: Come on now. Shout
1: out to my bank. Come I, on now. Listen, I, I, I'm going to throw a little nugget in there, but shout, shout out to Citadel Federal Credit Union.
0: Say it one more more time.
1: Citadel Federal Credit Union, Mm -hmm. they give out the
0: bag. The the, the bag, bag,
1: bag. They give out the bag, you know what I mean? In the form of a credit card and a line of credit, you know what I mean? And then I'm going to throw a little one in there as well. It's another small, small credit union. Well, I'm sorry, it's a bank, but it's called Embassy Bank. Say it
0: again,
1: Embassy Bank? Embassy Bank. They give out
0: the bag. The bag. The you bag. Understand? I,
1: I'm going to leave it at that. And just
0: leave it at But yeah. I'm actually happy that you dropped that because that's something I definitely preach a lot on the credit side, too. You know, a lot of times when people think funding and financing, yeah. they think Chase, BOA, yeah. Wells Fargo. But the problem with those banks, it is not necessarily a problem, but those are national Man, banks.
1: Larger banks.
0: Tier one banks. You yeah. understand? You can get Older, financing yeah. from them, but it's going to be a lot harder to do so if you yeah. don't have certain credentials you come into the table Absolutely. with. But these smaller regional banks, like what yeah. you just said, Citadel, uh, Citadel Federal, Federal Credit, credit, credit Union embassy bank mm-hmm. these are probably tier two tier three mm-hmm. national excuse me regional banks yeah. or credit unions that's sitting they, they waiting for new yeah. to entrepreneur to they, come in the like
1: well, how much you need there, there you go like, where i saw they like you don't i'm like oh <laughs> give it to me then you, know what you mean?
0: understand go ahead flip it on a property yeah. wash, rinse repeat do it all over again absolutely. so definitely a great gem there i think we got the, the technical side set up absolutely so let's let's pick up from where we had left off from before mm. 3044 north 10th street absolutely julius bristow yeah we got the information now the next step was essentially to go over to Google Maps and see confirm what your 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 assumption uh, is. Oh man! Oh, it's over. It's over. So for the app, for the, for someone who does who's not privy to real estate, they may be looking at this and they just may see dirt. Yeah. I think you see something a little bit different. Talk, talk talk a little bit about that. What are you seeing right now?
1: So assuming it's this lot right here, right? Thirty forty four. I'm assuming that this one right here or either this one right here, mm-hmm. but I think it's this one based on how the camera is. Let me just double check. You see the address? It's on this property. Thirty okay fifty. So, what's this right here? This is 52, so it's going lower. So, 50 is, okay, 48, 46, 44. So, it's like right about here. Right about here is this property, thirty forty-four. But being though that it's a lot, I'm seeing dollar signs. Okay. I'm seeing dollar signs. I'm going to break it down what I see, right? So, talk now that me. was the first thing we identify right? But if I look on here, remember I was telling you on flea.gov, they tell you the building description right here is vacant land.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Vacant land. We wasn't, we wasn't going to talk about vacant structures from the very beginning. But look at the zoning right here. This is what people don't know. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm trying to tell people, right? By me seeing a property that's zoned RM1, which stands for residential multifamily, that means I can put a multifamily on a lot by right. I don't got to go to the Zoning Board, I don't got to go to the RCO, which is the Registered Community Office. I don't got to get no participation from the, from the people that live on the block. I don't got to go shake hands and kiss babies. All I got to do is <laughs> buy this land and now I for sure can put a multifamily building on it. Mm-hmm. But now I got to identify how many units I can put on this land. So the city of Philadelphia says, listen, if you have a lot that's RM1 and your lot has at least 360 square feet for every apartment you want to do we're gonna let you do so, all right? So watch this, right? 360 will give me a single family house. But mind you, I don't care for single families. I want multi-families and better. Mm-hmm. So I need 360 for a single family. I need 720, which is 360 times two for a duplex. And I need 1080 for a triplex. So based on his lot size right here, I can pick what? A duplex. A duplex. Mm-hmm. You, you see, you... Come on. you,
0: you I, I, might, I might just start real, do, listen, investing in real estate listen,
1: come, myself. Come to Philly, man. I got you. Come on now. So based on this property right here, I can build a duplex right. by right. But it's no questions asked. It's guaranteed it's done. Mm-hmm. It's it's official tissue. I can build a duplex on this lot, being though that it's RM one, and I got 921 square foot of lots, right? Mm. So if you guys look at this right here, it says improvement area. You guys see that improvement area? Right. It's not available because there's no building on it. Mm. I can have my improvement area 3,000, 4,000. So what is
0: improvement area? What does that that's mean?
1: That's the actual size of the building. Got you. There's no building on the lot right now. Mm-hmm. So remember, just because I got 921 square feet of land doesn't mean I only, need, only can get 921 square, square foot building on it. Mm. I can get a building that's three story tall. Mm. I can get a building that's this long. Oh, man, I can go down. You, you, you follow me? Oh, Lord. So now I can put roughly about a f- 35 to 4,000 square foot building on this lot. Imagine how big that is. Oh, my right? goodness. And it's a duplex. Now I'm getting multiple rents. Oh, man. Come on. Come so on. now I'm getting multiple rents, and I'm at the point where it's, though, now, single families, if I got a single family building, the tenant move out, I got to pay the mortgage. Mm-hmm. If I got a duplex, the chance that both tenants are going to move out at the same time is slim to none. Right. And we're going to start talking about some of the program. I don't know if you remember last time I dropped a nugget on y'all. I told y'all to go to the what program? Woman Against Abuse. Mm-hmm. That's where you can go ahead and find tenants at. Lovely. They got a whole laundry list of tenants that needs housing. I got more programs just like that.
0: Okay, that so much, so much questions. Oh so yeah, much yeah, questions. yeah, Let's first it off, let it. you you talked about the importance of zoning, 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 zoning,
1: zoning. zoning. I, let
0: me, I want to give a quick shout out to another Philly bull that I yeah. had on here. Okay, Derek Boone, shout sh- out sh- there. Shout the to Boone. Every real estate investor that I brought on here, they talk, y'all, y'all preach about zoning to the Himalayas because, yep. uh, based off what I'm hearing, you know. That it plays such a huge role in the ability to yep. just make the most amount of money from these mm-hmm. deals. So RM1 essentially is, is the type of zone. What are the other different types of zoning that we can typically look out for?
1: So you got RSA 5, okay. which is residential single attached. You got RSD, residential single detach. You got CMX, that means commercial mix use. You got RM RM2s and 3s, which are still residential. I mean uh, uh, uh RM1 which is residential multifame, which is like bigger buildings like skyscrapers, mm-hmm. and then you got something called RTA. Residential two family attached, right? Mm-hmm. So you got a very different amount of zonies in the city of Philadelphia, but the one I love, the one that got a deep spot in my heart, arm ones Okay. My whole portfolio is consisted of RM1s. I think I got one RTA, but the rest of my whole portfolio is RM1, and the re- it's a reason for that, right? I don't wanna get into commercial mixed use buildings because I don't I know for sure after I have my office space, my office facility, I'm not gonna have fifteen different offices. And now for my commercial component, in order for me to generate rent, I gotta hope that you pitch your podcast or pitch your barbershop, your Nelson line, your 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 grocery store and you have to do well at that commercial space in order to make the rents. Right. I know for sure I, I don't wanna bank on somebody to do that, but I know for sure everybody gotta sleep somewhere. Yes, sir. Right. Everybody's not. Sometimes we don't even go to birthday gatherings too much more. We go to restaurants and call it a day. So there's not many people in this time frame that want to go to those type of commercial mixed use spaces. So for me, I want all residential, Mm -hmm. so if I can go ahead and commit to getting a four or a five or six unit building and put all residential buildings in there now i can get four to five six tenants in there and i know for sure they're paying guaranteed because it's coming from the government
0: come on now well I, I, let's let's dive a little bit more into that because yep. the first episode you gave a great gem in terms of how you're able to find tenants. Yep. right we're still on the resident we haven't even ta- started getting into land yet oh, not yet oh lord have mercy yeah. we haven't even started talking about how we're getting land yet so staying on the residential side. There was a program you mentioned before. You just slightly touched on it again. For the people who didn't see the first episode, what was the name of that program? Women Against Woman Abuse? Women Against
1: Abuse. So it's the what program? Okay. W-A-A. And you guys can look it up. They're super phenomenal, very friendly. And uh, they got a bunch of tenants looking got for you. housing. A now, bunch
0: of tenants. Now, from there, you did also hint at the fact that there are a couple other programs. Could you? Is there one or two other programs yeah, you can share as well?
1: absolutely. So uh, everybody know about PHA, which is Section 8. Everybody know about Section 8. That's like globally, right? But I want to start talking about some that's a little bit more specific to regions and things like that. Let's do There's it. another one that's called RHD, Resources for Human Development. RHD is a great program. They have something called the Rapid Rehousing Program. So these are people that's coming from shelters, coming from homeless, and then they are given a voucher to then live in a building. Mm-hmm. But the best part about RHD, 95% of their tenant that you get is 100% of the rent is paid from RHD. Mm-hmm. So you the tenant has no portion, right? When I mean no portion, no co you know how you go to the doctor, they say, okay, most of your appointment was covered today, but just pay us $25. Most of the program, most of the tenants that come from RHD don't have to pay nothing. So the full entire rent is coming directly from the program. Right. So on a month-to-month basis, there's no need for me to talk to the tenant
0: mm-hmm. unless
1: something is wrong or you need me for anything. But on the first of the month, it's dropping. Mm-hmm. The, go- the government has been almost 100% consistent when it comes to paying rent outside of when the government shut down. But when the government shut down, you also get what? Back pay. Uh, it's you can't lose there. Right. Remember how I said in the beginning, it's almost impossible for you to lose in real estate, but you have to put the systems in place to ensure that when something do stagger, you don't fall all the way back down to the bottom. You fall to the next step. Mm-hmm. All right. So RHD is one of the great programs, and then one of my favorite uh is the VMC veterans. Right. So I got a I got a good good heart for veterans because my uncle he was in the war, and uh anybody that come from the veteran program, I'm almost hundred percent guaranteed giving them a unit. Mm. Almost 100%. So the VMC, you guys can look it up as the veteran. I forget the specific terminology, but uh, multi-service center. Uh, uh, the VMC, they got, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, they probably got over 2,000 tenants right now looking for housing.
0: Wow. Looking for housing and right they, and now. They, and both those programs they just mentioned, it's not specific to just Philly. Like oh, They're no. all throughout the country. All
1: throughout the country. All gotcha. throughout the, They're smaller divisions of these same companies. So if it's not RHD, maybe something related, but if you go on RHD website, they got a contact now button. You can contact them, you can even sometimes chat them and ask them, hey, I'm in Louisiana. Do you guys have an, a sister company or a parent company that's out here? They'll say, oh yeah, a, a company they'll be partnering with is this, and there may be something different in your place or your local region, but now you can reach out to them and they got the same rapid rehousing program. Mm-hmm. It, it, it changed the game for me tremendously.
0: Signing up with Takeoff Financial was really the best choice for me. It allowed me to take control of my life. I know that some people may think that that's really dramatic, but it's not. I feel like credit is really important and signing up with them allowed me to understand that. I just wanna say, Thank you because I think that you guys have definitely allowed me to feel comfortable. You allowed me to feel liberated. You allowed me to feel that it's okay. It's okay not to have great credit, but it's not okay to stay in that situation. So thank you guys for embracing me and allowing me to have a new life. Head over to our website at takeofffinancial.com and let's get your credit score to the moon. We found we found what looks like an amazing deal yeah. right and we're not mind you we wasn't even getting ready to talk talk lots and land and things like that but it seems like we stumbled on one yeah, right which is a great segue into like something i really wanted to dive into because yeah. the last time that you were on here we we really strictly focused on you know the residential and breaking that down from top to bottom yeah. fast forward less than a year later now i mean you, you playing you, you you with the big dogs now yeah. right you, you you went and took the investor hat on you put the developer hat on yeah right yeah, yeah you're you're currently in a position in your real estate career where now you yourself are buying lots of land and things of that nature talk to talk a little bit about that what is the difference in you know what the process is in terms of searching for properties like actual physical buildings yeah. versus like buying lots of land like the pros and cons that come with one versus the other yep. some of the similarities and differences that come with that
1: let me just lay this out right here because I know everybody want to know about it right let's do it you make more money with new construction there you go let me say that again you make more money with new construction mm-hmm. that's, that's that's that let's let's address that from the rip right mm-hmm. but then outside of that some of the pros and cons right so something that's different between residential buildings whether you buy an existing building or buying a lot is that when you buy in the building 95 percent of the time the structure is already there that foundation is already there and it's the city of Philadelphia we have basement so the basement is already there right so you can kind of just go in and rehab as see as you see fit oh that wall not bad let's not knock it down oh that roof is bad let's replace that but when you buying land, there's there's nothing there. There's not even un- there's some most most the times there's not even underground utilities. So there's nowhere to flush the toilet to. There's no water coming to the building. There's no power coming to. There's no electrical lines coming. Right. So you kind of got to do all of that. Right. That's for one. But one thing that was really monumental in my growth was learning about the actual soil testing of the actual land that you're buying. Right. So in the city of Philadelphia, as you can see, thirty forty four is a is a lot. Right. And I know there was a house there before because we know Mr. Julius owned it before, right? Mm-hmm. But now that is a lot, we don't know how long it's been knocked down for. So over the time, what happens is when the city of Philadelphia knocked that building down, there was a hole before. We don't know if they backfilled all the debris there, spray some topsoil, and now the grass is growing. So below that dirt can be a bunch of trash, right? Mm. Or it can be a bunch of backfilled good soil ready to be built on again. So. By getting into new construction, you got to do something called a geotech report. A geotech report is where you come out and test the soil. So here's what happened, right? Imagine like a big straw, like a big straw that you drink out of. A, imagine a straw going into the ground, and then it's closed at the bottom, and when it comes up, it has different levels of soil in there. So some of the soil would be black. It'd be sometimes it'd be sand. It'd be, it be gray. It'd be green. It'd be all different types of stuff in that soil. So it lets you know how deep you have to go down to put your basement foundation in order to have strong, compactable soil. Mm-hmm. right? With the regular rehabs, you don't even you don't even need a geotech engineer, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of diversify my portfolio and who I go to far as contractors, far as trades, far as engineers and, and investors to say, okay, well, this is what we need in order to make sure this building is ready to be built on. Um, that's one of the major differences. And one more thing uh, that I can say that changed my whole trajectory and my whole spotlight to real estate is, and we can get into it, is the contract that you hired for rehabs.
0: Oh, yeah. I would imagine. It's a lot. It's a different ballgame. It,
1: it, it, you're not unclogging just a toilet. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. You, this
0: is once again. This, this this big dog status. Oh, absolutely. You need people.
1: Uh, everybody want to hire the Central Americans, the the, the Mexicans, and mm-hmm. things like that to come to come do the job. And I get it. They work good and they cheap labor, but they're not licensed. Mm-hmm. They're not insured. Mm -hmm. right and you need to make sure that when you're hiring people to do these type of job that you're getting not only getting safe work but you're getting efficient work right and if OSHA come up on a job site thankfully they haven't come on my job site as of yet but I'm sure they will it's a part of the journey it's a part of the game right but when they do come everything is in order everything is lined up and I don't have a bunch of immigrants, per se, working on a job site. Like nothing wrong with it, but we want to have people that's on the books, ready to work with their license and hard hat ready to go.
0: There you go. So that's the major differences. So now what, what's interesting about that is this this gem that you just gave us, inter- this is a free resource, like free. you said. We stumbled across, uh, you weren't even looking for a lot. We just stumbled across it. And mind you, that was like page four. We yeah. just playing around, boom, we stumbled on one. How are you are you using the same exact resource whenever you're looking for when you're whenever you're intentionally looking for these lots of these these lots that you're investing on? One thousand percent. Same exact process?
1: I'm actually gonna call this. I'm actually gonna get in touch with the Oh you oh this, this Oh this a deal. Oh if y'all come by 3044 <laughs> maybe next year and a half, I probably got it.
0: <laughs> and I mean maybe even
1: sooner than that. I'm literally going to pursue this deal. And the crazy part about it is I don't wanna get my address up, but I got a property on 10th Street already. Mm. So for me to not have known this property was in back tax it like this. I'm kind of beating myself up in the inside, Got Like, it. I should have already knew what was going on with this lot. So, you know, when I leave here, before I go bust a grub, I'm definitely you gotta, gonna look. You gotta, gotta make a I, call. I gotta make a couple calls, you gotta gotta make a call. Call. Live,
0: yeah. Live on the Marvin Francois show. We just found a deal, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, absolutely, we just found a deal. Okay, so now, another thing, too, right? Real estate is a numbers game, yeah. Uh, we're gonna dive a lot more into the land and and just the, just the complexities that come with that, but it's a numbers game, right? There, there's nothing hundred percent certain, and I learned that I, I had some little dibbles and dabbles in real estate. You're not reaching out to one uh, property owner a day and yeah. thinking that you're gonna have success in this game. Now, nah, man, you're gonna have to you have to make a couple phone calls, yeah. right? So, with this, um, with uh, this resource here, is there a way to like bulk? I guess get a bulk bulk contact a lot of these individuals yep. that we're finding a lot of these property. Can we talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. So you can export this as Excel, right? So. I could pull a list of all the so I don't know if you remember in the beginning I showed you all the it was like four million dollars worth of back taxes just from one I one three three. I can export that entire list. Export that entire list and then I can go ahead and skip trace those individuals. No we won't be able to use true people search because you gotta search one by one. Mm-hmm. But I can go to something called uh, batch leads. I can go to Propstream. I can go to any skip tracing platform that offers the service and say, "You know what? I want to skip trace these 1,000 uh, or 2,000 people at a time and get all the most known or numbers and email addresses for them." Mm-hmm. And then at that point, have my VA or one of my team members reach out and, and send them a text blast. Me, I don't really do too much with the calling. I prefer texts because people most likely going to respond to a text over answer a number Fact. they don't know. Uh, and at that point, if we get some playback with them, that's when we go ahead and give them a call.
0: Got you. Yep. So now we, we we use this free resource. We didn't have to pay a dollar to get get, yep. get this lot of land, right? Like you said, it's a different game, mm-hmm. right? We talked about the 65% rule when it came to residential. How, how does calculating the numbers on a lot differ compared to, like, when we're doing it for a building? Are we still using the 65% rule or is it an entirely different process?
1: Yeah, you, you still want to use the 65% rule, but you know your rehab is going to be a lot. So let me get them some game. Real
0: fast. Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: So where most times what's going to happen is this. When you buy a rehab building, you're going to be getting purchase and rehab money. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're going to give you a certain percent toward the purchase price. And then most time give you 100 percent towards the construction. An example, you buying a house for 100K and you need 100K worth of rehab. They say, you know what, you got because you're a newbie, you got to bring 20 percent of the purchase price. So that means you got to bring 20,000 out of the 100K. They're going to finance the other 80K for the purchase and they right. give you the other 100 for the rehab. Mm-hmm. In the construction, in the new construction where what I've been doing is instead of me going to go get financing at the very beginning phase to buy the land, I'm buying the land outright myself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: therefore, I don't have a what? Mortgage.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I buy the land outright and get the paperwork, which is called the soft call. So all the paperwork, the fencing, the geotech report, the porta potty all the, 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 the permits and the plans. I go get all that already approved, ready to go. And then I take all my whole portfolio, my whole package, and I take that to a lender and say, hey, Marvin, I got this for you four-unit building. I'm ready to build. It's going to be 4,000 square feet. We're going to have white brick on the, inside, on the outside. We're going to have stainless steel appliances throughout, LVP. We, I give you the whole dynamic. You say, yo, this building ain't going to be a bad building when it's done. I say, mm-hmm. you know what? How about you finance it for me? You say, you know what? I'll give you 100% construction. Now, mind you, I'm still using the 65% rule because I'm using 65% of the ARV. Mm-hmm. So imagine 80K, 800K, 65% of 800K, which is the ARV, which is way higher than the rehab. I'm, you giving me 500, 600000 to build the building.
0: Mm-hmm. But guess
1: what? It's not going to cost me that.
0: So that extra money, you just
1: go oh, Hey, hey, that's called the GC fit. <laughs> the that's, GC? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, slide Yo, go, that, go, yeah. Go put that in your pocket, put it in. in but most people put that in their pocket, or, or the average person take a trip, buy, right. s- buy something nice, right. buy some jewelry, whatever it is they like. And there's nothing wrong with that. Me. As soon as I get that GCC I'm back out there. Right. Looking for another deal. Right. Thirty, forty, four being an example. Come cool on out. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and get this property under contract and go ahead and buy this cash,
0: mm-hmm. cash
1: money. So it allows me to, and this this is the biggest hack of it all, right? It allows me to basically not pay interest on the money because it's going to take you at least two to three months to get your paperwork approved. Imagine you go ahead and get financing for the purchase and the construction of this lot, and for three months out of the year, because you only got twelve month loan, most likely. Three months out of the three months out of the twelve months, you basically sitting on your hands. Mm. You paying a mortgage and nef- you haven't even broke ground yet. Mm. So instead of you doing that, I advise you to try to buy the land. i get the paperwork approved, and then go get financing. Mm.
0: That's the mm. easiest.
1: That's the easiest way to go about it.
0: New to entrepreneur, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sweating. Yeah. This is this is this is we not. This is it's not just B R R R. No, it we talk about this is, yeah. this is another this is another level. Absolutely. Okay. So you you touched on it before. Um, you know, because this is essentially new construction, you know, we're not just taking a gutted property and yep. building it, for, uh, you know, re-fixing re, re uh, fixing it up. Yeah. We're building something from the ground up. What's that process look like in terms of finding, con- like, people who do construction, finding legitimate individuals? How, how's that process been like?
1: So one of the biggest things that, that I've been real prone to do is basically every week I'm trying to drive around the city of Philadelphia and look at work that's already being done by vetted skilled contractors. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to other people's job site and I'm kind of standing here. I'm watching you, not just how efficient you're working, but how you're working with your guys. Mm. Is everybody in uniform or are you We just all wearing whatever you want to wear to work, right? So I'm looking at those type of companies. And then more importantly, I'm going to the famous social media and I'm finding tradesmen, I'm finding excavators, I'm finding backhoe users, I'm finding concrete excavate, concrete uh, 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 contractors. I'm finding everybody that I need to use in my project either in person or social media. And I don't got a lot of referrals because there's not a lot of people, to be honest, there's not a lot of people, especially that look like us, that's doing new construction, especially in the city of Philadelphia. So I I just started and I'm one of few. All right, so uh, pulling up on job sites help a lot. But I would say personally right now, I've been finding a lot of my contractors from social media. Really? A lot of them. A lot of them like from... I'm talking about large firms, like large institution. They got over a thousand employees. I'm finding them on social media, and they social media may not have only but ten pictures, right? You know what I mean, but they got a great website where I'm able to go in and see their see their uh, services that's around Get them a call, a chat now button, and then figure out what they offer and then hire them. So mm. uh, you're dealing with a lot of you're with a lot of money. You're talking about each project is over five hundred k. You know what I mean? I'm working on four right now. Four, that's four.
0: So that 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 now brings another question, right? Because I follow quite a bit of real estate investors, and everyone has their different philosophies when yeah. it comes to real estate. Um, one gentleman who I follow, he invests more in, I think, the Connecticut area. I'm not sure if you're familiar, familiar with him. I think his name is Welby Acelli. I'm not sure if you know uh, that. I
1: heard him before. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with him.
0: So one thing that he talked about was, you know, a lot of times different investors preach about quantity. Oh, I have 50 doors. I have 100 doors. Yeah. I have 200 doors. But it's like, it's not about having X amount of doors. It's about the quality of the deal. What's That's, your cash flow look yeah. like? And all those different things. So for you personally, and that's why at the top of the show, I asked about your strategy. Do you ever, and obviously you're a smart dude, I'm sure you do your numbers. Do you worry about like over leveraging in terms of like how many doors you're getting and how many deals you're doing all at once?
1: So, yes, all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I always worry about, not honestly worry about, about always take into account over leveraging. Me, I never over leverage, never over leverage. when I mean over leverage, so remember how I talked about the birth strategy, right? The buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat process. During that refinance phase, some lenders say, hey, we allow you to go up to 80, 85% LTV, right? That means you're taking out 80% of your equity and only leaving 20% in, which in some cases can help you, especially if you're predicting or especially if you know a down market about to come because you don't want to lose all your equity in, 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 in the world. You don't want to lose all your equity on paper. Right. You want to get the equity out, and if you should choose to use it, you should be able to. Right. So me, I stop myself at 70% 70 to 75% LTV. So what I'm saying is this. When I get a building and it appraised at $300,000, i am only taking out 70%, 75% of the 300000 And I'm leaving the equity in my building, which allows what? My mortgage to be lower and my cash flow to be higher. I'm playing the cash flow game. The more equity you take out of the building, the higher your monthly mortgage going to be, meaning the lower your cash flow is going to mm. be. So it's a trade-off there, right? But early on my journey, I was taking out 70%, 75 80% sometimes to get the money out to then go get more acquisition. And if you got that strategy, I think it's 100% good. But here's where you start to win at, right? After every so often, you should be able to throw a flip in there. Sell one of your properties. So imagine this. I I bought four properties and I keep them as rental. The fifth property I buy, I buy it, flip it, and I pay off one of the other properties I recently had. Mm. So I'm always kind of trailing my previous rentals. And I'm saying, you know what? For every four that I get, I'm going to sell one or refinance one heavy and pay off another one. And by me paying off another one, and now instead of me having a mortgage on this first one, I own it free and clear. So now instead of my mortgage being $1,000, 000, zero, and now I'm getting all my rent. So now my cash flow went up significantly, and that's per month. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's every single month. So when you start talking about the numbers and over-leveraging, you got to be very, very sh- sharp on them numbers. Like you can't miss a beat.
0: Do you ever want to get your portfolio to a point where it's like, yo, I own all this real estate and it's 100% free and clear? Or do you ever, or is it more so getting your portfolio to a point where it's like, all right, 30% of my portfolio or 20% of my portfolio is free and clear. The rest is good debt mm-hmm. that I can now leverage to now go and get, you know, whether it's refinance and take that equity and go invest in another deal. Talk to me a little bit about that. Not at all. No? Not at all. You don't ever want to get to a point? Never.
1: I, I, when, <laughs> when I do go, I want to be 100 100- trillion in debt really yes okay and the reason why is because i got insurances in place right so although i know we spoke before the show and you like or right before right when we started you said newt you just strictly real estate like people right. dibble and dabble like you don't really do i do real estate but i make sure i back my money up okay. i got insurances so there's a lot of things that i'm doing and life insurance being one of them right so i got life insurance i'm actually preferred preferred if you guys don't know what that is that's when they come on and check you they Blood tests, physical tests. Do you smoke? Do you drink? And figure out exactly how much your premium will be. But being though that my health is really good, I'm a preferred preferred meaning I can get the top insurance for the cheapest amount of money. So we talk about I- IULs whole life insurance where hey, I'm able to d- borrow against my own money, and instead of me having you know me paying off my mortgages, I have my mortgages being paid off by my life insurance when I do go. Mm. Right. So most people drop the drop the nugget. Most people name their mom, their significant other as the beneficiary. Right. Or a child. Mm-hmm. But instead of me naming that my family as a beneficiary, I name my LLC as a beneficiary. So when I do go, because I know it has to happen when I do go, my LLC get the capital mm. and then the money that mind you, my LLC owns the property, though. So now my family get the difference between what I owe and they get free and clear properties. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in me being on earth paying off the mortgages when I, when I do go. I'm setting my family up for seven, eight generations, which I talked about when we first started. So this is why I don't dibble and dabble. i'm going hard in real estate as hard as i can go for as long as i can go and then when i do leave the earth i'm making sure that the generations after me will probably never have to work ever again
0: beautiful 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 another thing first off i've heard of people using life insurance when it comes to the real estate game but kind of hearing you break it down in that way i didn't know i didn't know what was going on on out here in these streets i know it was like that yeah ladies and gentlemen goodness gracious Yeah. Another thing that you talked about on the previous episode that I definitely wanted to circle back on um, this one. I remember I brought up L&I and yeah. you damn near fell out your chair. Look, see, there you go. Damn, damn near fell out the chair.
1: Them people.
0: But then once again, that was on the residential side. Yeah. You know, um, obviously that plays a huge role in, you know, your turnover when it comes to like, securing a property, getting it rehabbed and getting to the finish line and getting tennis in there. How is the license, licensing and permit uh, game differ when we're talking about new construction, right? Because there's a lot more that's going on this time around. Talk a little they bit about you. that.
1: They only, I literally had an inspection today.
0: Oh, right before you came like,
1: like Literally, I was like, all right, thank you, inspector. Like, I literally just shot him a message, like, made sure everything was good. Uh, they're very... What I learned about l is that they'll work with you if you want to work with them, right? So there's been a point in time in my journey where I was, like, kind of high from l L&I. like, I did not want them to know what I was doing. Mm. And then there was a point in time where they like, they was in my business, even though I didn't want them to. And I was like, yo, what are y'all doing? And now it's at the point where it kind of, we mutu- we mutually want to work with each other. Mm. And uh, I had to, it was a growing It was a growing process. Like I had to grow to this level to say, you know what? I don't mind them coming in and seeing what I'm working on. So right now, L&I has been somewhat okay. Mm. The hardest part about dealing with them is getting the stuff approved. I send them something. They say send it to the email. Two weeks later, they never got it. But instead of saying, hey, I never got it on day one or day two when I've been following up. You guys been stringing me along, and here I am two weeks out, and you saying, you haven't received the document. So now I got to go through the whole submittal process again, mm. and I just lost two weeks. Now, imagine if I had a loan during that time. Mm. I'm paying interest on that money. Go, got, if if you don't know, when you deal with a loan, you could break down per diem. Right. Per diem is how much you're paying per day. You know what I mean? People don't even know this stuff, right? Like, this is some higher-level stuff that you got to really know about. So... If your mortgage payment is $1,000 a month and you break down $1,000 divided by 30, that's how much you're paying for that loan a month, a day, mm-hmm. right? So every day that you're losing, that's how much you're losing every single day. Right. Imagine it's three, four months. Yeah. It's about 120 days or so that you're just paying on money that you're not, get, you're not getting to use. And for me, it's just, it's not worth it. So me, I, I, I want to work with uh, Nah, but I want to work with them on my, on my terms and my court. And I'm putting them in a position where though they can't say no. And that's by buying R1 buildings and buying stuff that's by right. And then I, I'm willing to wait the time because I know for sure it's not a no, it's just a win. You got you, mean?
0: got you. And then as we kind of start to wrap things up, like I said, I wanted to really provide as much value to newer investors. Obviously, you know, we dived a lot more into like the lots and lands and stuff like that. Yep. How long, if I'm an investor and I know eventually I want to get to the, first off, is the developing side of things for all investors? Like should every investor at some, at some point in time aspire to get into that side of real estate and if so what's the benchmark of like yo you should probably get a couple x amount of properties under your belt before you even think about playing that game
1: yeah i i I don't know if i see some people doing it. i don't know if jumping into real estate as far as developing out the gate is maybe the best idea because there's going to be so many things that you're missing right uh from just the internal things like the internal phases of what should happen and who should go first and who should go third and who should go seventh right uh so not right out the gate i would say at least three to five full gut jobs. If you're able to get three to five full gut jobs underneath your belt, I think at that point, you then racked up a good enough portfolio and experience where you're able to say, you know what, I'm able to take on just two more additional phases, which is the the, the geotech and then the foundation. Because you're gonna do everything. You gotta remember, right? And in, in, in rehab, you gotta demo the building. Mm. In new construction, there's no demo. Ain't no demo. Follow me, From so scratch. there's some trades. There There's right. literally trade-offs, so there's not too much more you gotta do. There's additional maybe two to three extra phases that you gotta do, but it's, it's prerequisites. You got to know what to do prior in order to get to that point. Mm. And mo- most people they trying to jump in, and then uh, real estate didn't get get rich quick. Right, it's get rich for sure.
0: Wait, is that a- say say it. <laughs> what well, what a way to close out. Say yeah. it. Say it again.
1: Listen, real estate did not get rich quick. Mm-hmm. It's get rich for sure. And uh, you got a lot of people selling you the overnight real estate thing. That's not how it worked. This, it took me three years to get here, and I'm I'm finally like sitting nice. Yeah, you know what I mean. We 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 good, but uh. It, it takes time, but I know for sure by you just being disciplined and being resilient, right? I tell people just like this, um, determination is good to have. Hard work is good to have. But without both of them, you sometimes don't get anywhere. You just get a bunch of hard work. And it, just because you're working hard don't mean you actually putting in the work to go. Right. Just because you're busy don't mean you really being productive, right? So just keep that in mind when you guys getting into it. But three to five projects, I would say.
0: Newt the entrepreneur, ladies and Absolutely. gentlemen. Listen, what a way to close the episode out. Um, take some time now. Of course, like you said, you just gave them the game on top of game on top of game. You don't got a course, you don't got a webinar, yeah. <laughs> no ebook, no nothing. Can't so buy nothing. Can't buy nothing. Tell the people where they could find you and, and how they could tap in with you.
1: So yeah, you guys can follow me at Newt the Entrepreneur under Newt underscore the entrepreneur on mm-hmm. Instagram and all social media platforms. Like Marvin said, there's no ebook. There's no
0: course. You don't got you don't send them to a five day challenge, nothing like that? No
1: challenge, no webinar. <laughs> nothing. No free webinar and an up none of that. No offense to anybody that's doing it. Right. I I just don't have it. Me, I'm in the field. I told you last time, when you want to do real estate and you come to Philly, you know who to holler at.
0: You know what I'm saying? Last time you was on here, you were buying, buying buildings. Yep. The second time around, you were buying lots of land. Mm-hmm. If we do a third episode, what's going to happen? What's going to happen?
1: Might be buying skyscrapers.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> Newt the Entrepreneur. At, at Newt underscore yep. the entrepreneur on Instagram. And that's it. Nothing yeah.
1: no, no, nothing else. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, no no course, no no book no webinar no no webinar jam none of that stuff you can't get none of that all you can get is just pure game on social media and if you guys want to tap in you know reach out to us we can be more than happy to help you but no, no, Nothing you can't purchase in the bio. My no God. link in the bio.
0: My God, no link in the bio. I no appreciate you, family. Absolutely. And I appreciate each and every single one of y'all for tapping into this episode and showing it some love. And if you haven't already, what are you doing? Take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now. I'll just go ahead and slap yeah. that like button and show this video some love. We're very appreciative for each and every single one of you. And I'm appreciative sure of you, my thank guy, for coming you. through for a second time and just and blazing the, blazing the episode down. Yeah. Uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Marvin Francois. This is New the Entrepreneur. Yeah. Y'all have been good. We've been great. This has been amazing. And as always, thank you And God bless you. Thanks for having me. Peace.